Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. These guys are brave! They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their time, but they're still Hawkeyes! They're spreading the Hawkeye height to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled! Corn Huskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! All right, let's try this again. Welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. We are lucky enough to be joined by Iowa Hawkeye legend, Abdul Hodge. How's it going, man? It's going great. It's doing well. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Appreciate it. You still look like you could play. <laughs> I may have a couple reps of me, but that's about it. <laughs> then I'll call time out and get off the field. <laughs> so I see, uh, I don't know if all Iowa fans know this, but I can see you're rocking that USD gear right now. Uh, one of my favorite logos in all of sports. That's a sharp looking logo. Tell us all, tell us all about what you have going on right now, how life is with coaching and, and how the family's doing. Uh, everything's going great. Uh, I'm the, currently I'm the outside linebackers coach at university of South Dakota. Also act as an NFL liaison. I'm going into my third year here. Uh, my wife also works in the district. She's a family outreach coordinator um, for, for the Vermilion school district here. Uh, my son, A.J. Abdul-Hajj Jr. is in middle school. He's moved, going to the seventh grade. My, you know, my daughter went off to college. So once my daughter went off to college and I did the whole travel softball thing and I started getting into coaching football on the high school level and kind of got that itch. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it was time to kind of transition to the next level. And, um, you know, you know, one phone call here and one phone call there and an interview here. And next thing you know, I'm in South Dakota coaching with the Coyotes. So, it's, it's, it's been great. Um, we're going into my third year here and, and looking forward to the season. You know, um, it's very, very close to where we are here in Nebraska. So um, that's a beautiful campus and a really cool town and a nice little hidden gem up there. And, you know, we got to let all those Hawkeye fans know if you got any time free, pull up that USD schedule. We got to get up there and support our guy. We've already made plans, Abdul. We're coming up for a game. We're going to rock our Hawkeye gear. We'll have some South Dakota gear on too but we got to support you man wherever you are you know wherever the Hawkeyes are we got to go support especially you're like a half hour from where we are so it's not that far of a drive at all but I need to know if I'm going to come up how's the tailgating up there for football uh you know you know South Dakota is a college campus man you know center around sports and the football and and uh, sports and, and academics but you know tailgating gets a little crazy so come on up and have a good time I'm pretty sure pretty pretty sure it'll, it'll be a ball for you all right, cool. That's always a, a big part of the fan experience. You got to have a good tailgate. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't tailgated there before. I've heard good things. So I'm excited to come up for a game and see it. And we'll make sure to cheer nice and loud for you and hope you guys have a successful season this year. Um, we we want to start back at the beginning with you coming out of high school out of Florida. Uh, what were a lot of the schools that you were really taking a look at? Um, who was really hot on your trail? Uh, and what made you decide to become a Hawkeye? Oh, uh, yeah. So 
Uh, I mean, coming out of high school, I was, you know, well recruited. Um, I took my first visit to Auburn, um, Auburn University. Uh, so I had visits set up for Auburn, um, you know, Iowa, Wisconsin, and probably Boston College and so forth. And the funny thing is, and this is a true story, you get five visits. So I figured, you know, the, the first two I'll play around with. Um, so David Walker was a, a guy on my high school football team, and he, he wanted to go to Auburn. He was interested in going to Auburn. I said, you know what, I'll take, let's take our first visit to Auburn, um, and, and let's go out and just kind of enjoy the visit. And then the second visit, you know, I was going to play around with was Iowa. And the only reason I was coming to Iowa was to hang out with Benny Sapp, was to have Benny <laughs> Sapp. Um, okay. A friend of mine, you know, he, he went to middle school with us, uh, high school with us, played on the same high school football team. And then George Lewis and a lot of the guys from the area was in Iowa. But so that's the only. Oh, wow. hold on one second. <laughs> the timer go off on the lights there. Yeah, the timer went off. So so that's the only that's the only reason. Sorry. That's the only that's reason. Okay. That's one of the only reason I came to Iowa was because to hang wow. out. with yeah. So after the first two visits, I would then get you know, serious. And then, uh, and then obviously buckle down the last three and find the school that I wanted to go to. Um, so came up to Iowa, uh, coach Bilma was, was recruiting us down there and, and man, I did not expect to see what I saw at Iowa and not expect to meet the type of people that I met at Iowa. Uh, I love the visit. I love Norm Parker and coach Doyle and, and coach Ferentz and all the other coaches, um, Phil Parker and all, and what they had to offer. And more importantly, the community, it was sending around football. It was a football town. It was a sports town. They, they love their student athletes. And just going to Iowa was was awesome. And I saw how, you know, guys like Benny Sapp and Fred Barr and Colin Cole, you know, how those guys were taken care of. And more importantly, those guys played early. A lot of those guys played early. And that was big for me to be able to play early. And more importantly, playing a great conference like the Big Ten. So, you know, so I, I committed to Iowa, canceled my visit to Wisconsin, and the rest have been history. So it, it was awesome. I don't know if many people know that. That's an awesome story. I'm glad you uh, you took your just for fun visit to Iowa. I've heard many people say anything like that, like, oh, I just went for fun to Iowa. That's You go to places like Miami or USC or something <laughs> like that for that, not typically not yeah. Iowa. But yeah. we're, we're sure glad you took that visit. What was that transition like um, coming up from that warm weather climate and spending your first winter in the Midwest? Did that just suck or were you just like kind of like really liked it, like mystified by the snow and everything like that? Uh, it, it was OK. It was not bad. Um, just those 6 a.m. workouts and walking over from Hillcrest could be a little, little, little nippy out there. But. You know, you bundle up, but here's what here's what got me through it. I saw guys like Sap. So I knew Sap for forever. And I knew Colin forever. And I I knew if those guys can do it, you know, mentally I can do it. But the important thing is our season used to be over in late second week of November, if if that. So I actually learned to love the cold weather and playing it, uh, versus the heat and down in South uh, uh South Florida. So but it was good. It was it was a little, you know, you get uh, yeah, take some while to get used to, but once you got it, you got acclimated to it. And you had a bunch of Florida guys, so if they could do it, you figure you can do it, kind of deal. And Florida is just so stockpiled with talent. We've gotten mm -hmm. so many good players out of there. I mean, Florida, Florida State, Miami, like they can't get them all. You know, there's mm -hmm. so many of them that we were glad that we were, we were able able to pick you up. But um, you were uh, you are very much credited for being a part of the the spark in the transition from um, some of those down years when coach Ferentz had to re, uh, rebuild at the beginning. And you were part of that, that orange bowl team that really took the program 
to the next level. Uh, tell us about some of the personalities on that team and what that feeling was like in the locker room and practice, knowing that, you know, something big's happening here. There's a lot of change and it's, it's for the positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you had, you know, you know, I talked about coming on a visit and meeting guys like Bob Sanders. You had Benny Sapp, you had Colin Cole, you know, you had young Robert gallery, you know, you had, you had uh, Dallas Clark, you had Nate Caden, um, you know, everything started up front. The old line was really good that year, 2002, you know, when we went to the orange bowl. Yeah, Steinbach, Bruce Nelson, yeah, Annie Lightfoot. Um, you had Alonzo Cunningham, you know, uh, Stein- so you had a lot of guys up front, and then you had Dallas Clark at the tight end. So, and then on the opposite side of the ball, defense side of the ball, you had Colin Cole, Howard Hodges, um, you had uh, Klaus, you had uh, D Rob, Derek Robinson. Yeah, you had a lot of guys, Matt Roth. Um, you know, you had a lot of guys that was doing it up front and playing a lot of good ball and tough ball. And I think in the Big Ten, in a conference like that, everything happens up front. And, mm-hmm. and parents always, always, you know, communicated that to us. We got to be great up front on both sides of the ball. And then in special teams, you had guys like myself and Greenway and Ed Hinkle that was – we didn't play a lot offense and defensively, but we took pride in running down on those, on those kickoffs and kickoff return and being, being, a, um, being a force. With it. So we it was clicking offense, defense, and special teams. And, and, you know, with great coaches, man, a lot of things could happen. There's some pretty great stories that get thrown around about that team in practice with guys like Matt Roth and Robert Gallery. And you guys had some very intense, Chad Greenway had some guys out there that were really, really intense and get after it. Uh, what were, what was it like playing with some of those guys like that, that were just like next level? Like, you know, when you're playing with these dudes, like, you know, they probably got a great shot to play on Sundays and you know that like it, it's a, you're, you're standing in front of just an, an exceptional athlete. Yeah. You know, I, I tell I, I had a chance to talk to our truth, uh, our incoming freshmen yesterday. And that one of the things I talked to them about was the importance of scout team. And mm-hmm. so I redshirted it my first year and then in, in that 2002 season was my redshirt freshman year where I played a lot of a lot of uh, um, a lot of scout team and given look. But. I think that's one of the most important years for, in terms of my development because you had guys – I was competing against guys like your uh, Eric Steinbox and your Robert Galleries and your Dallas Clark, your Cunningham and all this type of stuff. <laughs> Those darn timers, man, they're like – they're there on every college campus. Like if you don't move enough within like 10 minutes, they just shut down. I'm trying to move and do the matrix so it can stay on. But they're shooting a video in our, our new offices. This is our players' lounge. So I figure I'd come down to the players' lounge and do it. But, um, but yeah, so during that, that, that scout period time, those guys, going against those guys every day uh, was tough, you know. But, but the next season where we was a redshirt freshman, guys like myself and, and Chad got an opportunity to play, you know, we were already at practice for two, two years against those guys up front, you know, and competed against those guys on a high level. So it, they got kind of – you know, you hurry up and, and really develop, develop your game competing against those guys on a daily basis. The other thing is it's tough when you play with a lot of competitive guys. You know, Chad Green, we're going to run to the ball every single play, you know, and yeah. you're going to compete against each other. So you really can't take a play off. You really can't take a game, a, a practice off, uh, let alone a game. So competing, on the, uh, competing with each other on a daily basis and pushing, pushing each other is pretty tough, you know, because you can't, you know, slack off one bit because the other guy will call you out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then we have Bob Sanders, man, probably the best player I've played with. You know, that the hitman. The hitman himself. He's flying around and running to the football and, and knocking dudes out. And just a competitive level 
Um, you know, and then you go on Sunday, you 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 join hands together off of competing the competing the whole week against each other, and you swarm out and you compete against the other team. So um, they did a great job in recruiting and bringing guys in that kind of mesh together, and it's more of a family. You know, we love each other off the field, um, not just on the field. And I think when you when you have that bond off the field and you really love each other, shoot, game days on Saturday becomes easy. Have they brought you in as an honorary captain yet? I, I did. I have. I, I think I went. I went back in 2016, Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. By the way, we ended up winning that game. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, they brought me in before. That was good. Uh, all right, that's what I was going to ask if that was coming up anytime soon. But you're busy on Saturdays unless you get like a bye week. But then you probably have to go out recruiting and everything like that. So how's how's recruiting going right now? I know that you know you guys are probably in the thick of that. Um, mm-hmm. What what's that like been like the transition going from a player to a coach, learning how to to recruit and really connect mm-hmm. with with young players today. Yeah, it's 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 funny because you find yourself like so coming to Iowa, obviously um Coach Bilma, Brett Bilma was was my position coach. He's one of the biggest reasons I went to Iowa. He recruited me. I thought it was very important for your position coach um to to be able to recruit you, you know, so versus a running back coach coming down and talking to me, trying to get well, where's the linebacker coach? Well, Brett Bilma came down and he was a, a main recruiter uh down in South Florida. I was bringing a lot of guys up. So I find myself um taking a lot of his techniques in terms of, you know, being real personable, being honest, you know, getting, you know, he came down in 2000, I think in 99 or 2000, he got Fred Barr and Colin Cole from South Plantation. Okay. In that area, we looked up to Fred Barr and Colin Cole from South Plantation, other guys around, there was big recruits coming out that area. Um, so getting two guys from one school was really important that that kind of helped get that pipeline going. Well, in my first year here in 2000, uh, in 2019, um, Josiah Gaines and Miles Harden was from Miramar High School in South Florida, two, two of the top corners down in Broward County. So I was able to kind of go in and, and, and really bring those guys up. And, you know, Miles Harden last year was freshman All-American yeah, South Dakota. He got a great career and JoJo will be on the field as well. So there's, seeing like how those guys did it and creating those pipelines um, from Florida to Iowa, I'm kind of using some of the same techniques and things that I kind of picked up on naturally. Um, from bringing guys up from Florida uh, to South Dakota or anywhere. But it comes down to people. Yeah. On on my visit, Norm Parker was Norm Parker. (laughs) You know, he didn't put on the front or anything. He was who he said he was. Um, Mm -hmm. Coach Barron's was genuine and honest. You could tell he cared about the players. Uh, So, you know, when when you're picking a school, you you pray to have a coach and coaches that care about the student athletes and their families. Coach Nielsen, uh, Bob Nielsen, he he loves our guys, and he's a great leader to be under and, and so being around great coaches throughout the years and being coached by great coaches, you take a, you pick up a lot of things from them and you use in your everyday life. I'm just like, I'm fascinated by, you know, not only yourself, but all of the amazing personalities and the stars and legends that you, that were there during your time when you were there. Now, Norm Parker, one of the best to ever do it. He's a legend. Tell us, about Coach Parker, what he was like in practice, what he was like as a person, and what it was like to play for him. Uh, it, it, you know, so coming in, Coach Coach uh, Brett Bilmo, he was my position coach. Then he went, I think he went to K State. So Norm Parker was coaching the Sam Leo backers. Also, uh, when Coach Bilmo left, uh, Coach Parker, Norm Parker, came over and coached the Mike and the Will. And the thing is, when, when you're when he's a defense coordinator, right? So a defense coordinator coaching your position, you get to see the game from another perspective. 
Um, and he's a teacher of the game, but he uses these life lessons to kind of teach you football. And obviously, he, he you know has, he has a great sense of humor. But Norm is very serious about football. He loved the game. Um, and if you wasn't tough, um, you didn't love football, you wasn't a great person, you know, he, he was not going to have you around him. So he had a really high standards um, in terms of practicing, but you learned a lot from him. Uh, he coached a lot of guys and put a lot of guys in the NFL. And and and, and uh, he was just a great guy and a great coach. And I was blessed to have him as not only a, a, a defensive coordinator, but also as a position coach. So playing for uh, Brett Bielema, I, I was fascinated with that hire to Illinois. Um, that's not getting a lot of publicity. And the the grades that they're giving that hire aren't great. I disagree. I yeah. think he's going to do great at Illinois. I think he's going to recruit well, and I think he's going to maximize that program to its utmost capability. What do you see for Coach Bielema having played for him, been recruited by him, and now as a coach yourself, what do you see is what he, what he needs to do at Illinois right now to be successful, mm-hmm. and, yep. and how do you think he's going to do there? I think he'll do really well. I, I think he. Ha- I think Coach Bielema have. Uh, been on some really great coaches, you know, from uh, Kurt Ferentz, um to to uh, Alvarez to to you know um, going up to uh, the Patriots and learning on that staff. So uh, I think he's going to do really well. You know, I think he understands. He you know he went down to Arkansas. Obviously, being in a business for a long time, you know, a lot of times you learn from your experiences mm-hmm. and the staff around you. But he knows the Big Ten. He's been in the Big Ten. He played in the Big Ten, coached in the Big Ten at two different two different teams. So I think you do well to put in a great staff together and look forward to seeing his success there. He's one guy I always thought would would end up back at Iowa. I always just kind of felt like that he, he'd end up there. And then when Illinois hired him, I was like, crap, I think that's going to be, I thought that was a good hire. And I, I think he's going to be there for a long time. I, I think he was, um, learned a lot from his experience in Arkansas. The guy can recruit, the guy's a good coach. And he had a lot of things that just didn't go his way at Arkansas that if a few small things would have went a little bit differently, he'd probably still be there right now. Um, so to, going back here to, to um, your, your playing days, you were a part of some pretty famous bowl games that you got to play in. Now you were in um, my first bowl game ever as a Hawkeye fan that I ever got to go to um, was the Capital One Bowl when we played LSU and they had just come off their national championship the year before. What a hell of a game that was. You know, with Jamarcus Russell getting his first minutes there at the end of the game. And I remember right at the end of that game, I got to tell you this story. Like we thought we had, we were in control that game. I felt like the whole time, like we had it. And then all of a sudden, it's just Jamarcus Russell's in there throwing bullets and like took us by storm a little bit. And like we're in the crowd, and I and like as the last play's breaking down and and Drew Tate gets the ball, we all look at each other like, "You got to be freaking kidding me! We've been running this game, we're gonna lose." And then of course, you know, the rest is history. We all know what happened. The catch, one of the greatest plays in Iowa football history. Walk us through that game, how up and down that was, how exciting it was, and uh, what you guys were feeling there at the end. Yeah, uh, you know, that 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 bowl game uh, in the 2004 season, LSU had some dudes on that team. So yeah, walking around, like you know how you go to these different events and uh, you interact with their players, you can tell that those dudes did not even think we, we – they, they didn't think we should be on the field with them. You know, you had you had you had a lot of guys that was first round picks, man. That's that's that was part of that uh 
you know, you had uh, Joseph Adai, you know, you got mm. Corey Webster. You had, a, you had a ton of guys on that team that was, you had Jamarcus Russell. You had a lot of guys that were really great players. But so starting the game, we kind of had a, a hang of the game. We had Randall, you know, we always took pride in, in quote unquote, you know, not allowing quarterbacks to finish the game. Randall, they starting quarterback, you know, he went down. Um, then you had, I want to say, brought in Matt Flynn. And mm-hmm. he went now they brings in Russell and he's just bringing us back. We should have, we should have, we should have not taken the other two out. We should have probably would have blown him out. But he brought him back. They had uh, D-Boy at the receiver. He, had, he played many years in the league. And, uh, and it came down to that last play. You know, you know, we knew it was going to be a four-quarter game no matter how the first quarter was was, because the dudes had ta- talent on the field. And, uh, you know, I think that game was all about Warren Holloway, man. You're talking about a guy that really never played at Iowa. Yeah. But you watched him practice every day or train every day. That dude is going 100 miles an hour as if he's getting ready to start. So, you know, I was so happy for him that it kind of happened to him, you know, that he was able to catch that pass and, and be remembered that way because I'm, I'm telling you, man, that dude is a great teammate, a great person, and it couldn't happen to a better better individual. Now, we could we wanted to interview him for so long, and that guy is off the radar. You can't <laughs> find him anywhere. He is not on social media. Like, you can't find anything about him. When they redid the practice locker room and got rid of those lockers, I was able – I bought his old locker. <laughs> yeah, that's and, cool. And so it's got his number in it and everything. And I got, I stuck a picture up of him in there catching the pass that he had signed. So I'm like, that's my little piece of Warren Holloway. One of the, that's good. That's That's awesome. And that's what everybody says about him too. How great of a guy he was and how it couldn't have happened to a better person. His first Mm -hmm. career touchdown catch Mm -hmm. was like the greatest catch of all time. So it's like, Mm -hmm. we need, let's get that guy back in Iowa city and honor him a little bit. Cause absolutely. uh, That was a, that was a pretty cool moment. And he, you know, he did it the right way. He's like, well, you know, one of those guys that embodies what a Hawkeye is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the Outback Bowl the following year, I want to uh, know a little bit about your relationship with Chad Greenway. Are we going guys, again? <laughs> uh-oh, there we go. Those timers, college campuses across America. Um, <laughs> what your relationship was like with, with Chad mm-hmm. Greenway. You guys were just a force out there. Mm-hmm. And then the phantom offsides call at the end of the game which was the most bogus call in the history of college football those referees got suspended after that because is that that true yeah it is true they were conference usa referees i talked to drew tate about this we had drew on and drew said one of the referees came up to him after the game and apologized and some guys from espn were like you guys got hosed like big time, yeah, you guys yeah. got hosed. Well, tell us what that game was like because we got off to a terribly slow start. Mm-hmm. Like we were sucking there for a while, and then we hit it and mm-hmm. went after it, and we recovered the onside kick. That, and they called us offsides, and it's like mm-hmm. they replayed it a million times. And Greenway's such a freaking stud. Where he, they ask him about it, and he's like, "I didn't think I was, but if they said I was, then I should have, you know, I should have done better." And I'm yeah, like, yeah. "Man, you, no excuses there." Well, what was that game like? Uh, another talented team uh, from the SEC. You know, Florida's always pretty good. You know, we played them in 2003 and kind of beat them. So, you know, those guys was going to be pretty good. Um, it was kind of uncharacteristic of our team. I want to say we gave up a block punt uh, mm-hmm. that game that kind of, you know, led to a lot of momentum changes. And, and then they might have did a fake punt or something like that. But, you know, Coach Ferentz always talk about playing four quarters, you know, and not looking at the scoreboard. And, and you know, it, Maybe the we would have got that playback, but got the onside kickback. We wanted won the game or, or had a had an opportunity, but 
uh, I want to say that we gave up a, um, a punt and we gave up a uh, some. There's a whole lot of plays that we wish we could have had back that would have helped us towards the end of that game. So we're like we're walking into the stadium for that game. Those Florida fans are the worst. I don't care <laughs> if they hear this. They but they did. They built this giant life size Herky and they hung him by a noose outside of the stadium and they were chanting Gator bait. The yeah. whole time, and I'm like, all right, like that's kind of impressive, like that you did all of that, like that, that that's kind of cool. But they were, they were kind of rough to deal with, and they weren't the the best sports. But hey, it's all good. We had a great time, and we about we about pulled it out. Um, so I wanted to ask you too about uh, playing with Chad Greenway, such a elite player, had a great pro career. Um, like I said, you guys were just unbelievable together out there. What type of player was he, and what was your guys' relationship like? Uh, you know, Chad and I was on a, on a visit together uh, uh, coming out of high school, him, myself, Matt Roth, and a, a lot of other guys. And so we kind of just hit it off from there. And then, obviously, when he came in, he was actually quarterback. He was a, he was labeled as an athlete. Um, okay. I, was a, I was a wheel backer. Matt Roth was a mite. Chad was a safety slash quarterback. Um, Chad transitioned to Will. I bumped over to Mike. Um, Roth bumped down to DN. So Chad and I was in the in the room together for for four and four four and a half five years. We picked the same major. Um, we, you know we like we loved we loved each other because we could see we could see ourselves in each other. He was a competitor. Uh, he wanted to get better. Uh, he was a great person. He was a student student of the game, uh, and we pushed each other. So we just saw two two people that love football and, and love our families and, and just want to go out and, and win ball games. And just be great teammates in the locker room and, and lead us to a lot of victories. So Chad and I spent a lot of time together because one thing we learned about learned about football with Norm Parker and, and Fred Barr is you got to study the game. So mm-hmm. we will go over at late night uh, a lot of times to the complex and, and watch a ton of film um, with each other. And 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 if I you know on the field you know we knew each other what, what each other was thinking because you watch film together and communicate the game day adjustments or what you know certain things that we're going to be facing from an offensive perspective uh, so when it came up we looked at each other knew what it was going to be knew what the check was going to be and make sure each and both of us was on the same page but more importantly we was blessed to play with a lot of a lot of great guys up front that took care of us you know guys like uh babano you know guys like d rob um so guys up front and then then i seen you yeah guys like mitch king and, and kenny webber that came in and did a great job so those guys up front did a great job for us in protecting us and keeping guys off of us and making plays and stuff like that. So our D line, you know, what Ron Aiken did with that D line for those years, you know, I I, I think it, you know, shoot man, dude, got it. he did. It. Coach Aiken did a great job. Uh, those guys were all all you know did a great job up front, and and it allowed us to to run freely and play ball in the back end. So I know you got to get going because you got to get back on the recruiting trail here. <laughs> so we got to we got to. I'm gonna end with one question here. With your transition and your time in the NFL, you got to play with some characters, some big time personalities. I believe like Ocho Cinco. There was you know some Brett Favre experiences in there. What were some of the guys that you look back on in your playing career and you're just like, wow, I can't believe I played against that guy. Like any cool stories or experiences or anything from playing in the national football league. I'll, I'll say this, you know, I, I was, I was at uh green, I was green Bay in 2006. Um, I was there for a couple of years. So I, you know, he had uh, uh, Brett Favre. Um, you had uh, Aaron Rodgers. you know, so I, I saw that entire transition um, it was a little messy, but um 
Charles Woodson. You see, you, you play with a lot of guys. Yeah. And, and without, and then you go to uh, Cincinnati, and you got Ocho Cinco, you got Carson Palmer. Um, so then you go to Carolina, you got Steve Smith and those guys. And and I, I would tell anybody this: uh, regardless of what those do do off the field, those guys are competitors. Um, yeah. And they 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 and they study the game like like you never believe, you know. And more importantly, those guys are great guys. They're great people. Um, yeah. I enjoyed being in the locker room with so many different personalities and guys because everyone's their own individual. But yeah. One, one common thing with all those guys is them dudes compete at a high level and they work their butt off and they put the, they put the time in they, and they pay the price to be able to be on that field on Sundays uh, running out of those tunnels. So uh, it was a great experience. I played for five years uh, for three different teams. And what I try to do is just use those experiences to pour back into student athletes here at South Dakota or just anywhere. Um, because that's what it's about, you know. You know, uh, a lot of I, I was blessed to be part of a great time at Iowa, around great coaches, um, and I had great coaches in my life throughout throughout high school and college and so in the NFL. So I, I've been blessed to be around really great people, and I want those same experiences for the guys that's you know part of our program. I got to ask you what, you know, I can't let you off the hook. What was that transition like from Favre to Rogers, and what was the feeling like in the locker room? You know, what were the guys saying, and what was the feeling? Uh, it was, it was, I mean, you had a lot of, you know, this was in 2006 was coach McCarthy's first year. Um, and then you had, uh, you know, that, that transition started to happen in 2008 season. Um, and you just felt for both of them, you know, you kind of felt for both, both parties involved because here you have, you know, legendary Brett Favre that wants to be the quarterback of the green Bay Packers and deservedly should be able to keep competing and be the quarterback. And then you have Aaron Rodgers who they selected in the first round to transition to, you know, to, to be the starting quarterback. Uh, but initially it was kind of tough because the fans, yeah, I remember, I tell people all the time, the fans love Aaron now, but I remember when they were booing him. <laughs> oh yeah. When they would put him in the game or whatever case may be, they were booing him. But I think, I think at the end of the day, you know, when you put, you know, 53 guys in the locker room, a bunch of, you know, highly competitive guys, no one's kind of, you know, you don't take things too personal. Um, you feel for both parties involved because you know, both of them really wanted and, you know, but, obviously it worked out pretty well for both of them. So both of them going to the hall of fame. So it doesn't really matter. It's funny how life works. Like it moves in circles because they're uh, it's happening all over again. Now he's, you know, (laughs) Aaron's sitting out right now and, you know, they got Jordan love there and it's just like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I remember this happening not that long ago. So it's it's the game, you know, football is a business, you know, it's a business and it's one that we, we all sign up for and, and it comes with a lot of, Pros, but it also has things that may not be so great. So you just keep, keep, keep. You know, anybody that puts on the NFL jersey is blessed. I don't care if you're on the practice squad and you're there for a couple of weeks, or you played 13, 14 years in the league. It's only a small percentage of the population that get the opportunity to do so. So there's a lot of people in life that would have loved the opportunity just to put on the jersey and run out of the tunnel. Uh, we definitely pay the price to do so. So we just got to put that in perspective as well, too. There's a lot more to life than just football. Well, those are wise, wise words by an up and coming coach, Coach Abdul Hodge. That that that's great. That's that's good stuff. But hey, which one? I apologize for the lights turning off, man. I should have got up and moved around a little bit. Hey, dude, it's I'm okay. Sure. I've been in so many like computer labs, like when I was in college and grad school, yeah. where I'm sitting there typing, and all of a sudden the lights just shut down, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "What the hell?" Like it it happens all the time. There's that's their that's their way to save some money. But uh-huh. you know, 
Abdul, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy coaching and recruiting schedule. We wish you nothing but the best and, and nothing but success at USD and wherever your coaching career takes you over the years. And also, too, just wanted to, from all the Hawkeye fans, they love seeing where the Hawkeye legends are at right now, what you guys are up to. And thank you for your time as a Hawkeye. All the great things that you did, they'll never be forgotten. We still talk about you to this day. We're still watching those old highlight videos, the old me, the old geezer on a Friday night with a stiff drink in my hand, watching you guys, watching the old Capital One Bowl on on YouTube. So we appreciate all the awesome things you did. And uh, again, just wish you nothing but the best in your coaching career and journey. Appreciate you. Thanks for all your support throughout the years. And any, if, if, if do it again. Have me back on sometime in the future. I'd love to come back on. So, uh, you know, I was great to me. Uh, the fan base has a lot of great support. And I uh, look forward to speaking to you in the future. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks. We'd love to have you back on. Go Hawks and go Coyotes. Go Hawks and go Yotes. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We'll see you, man. Take care.